Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 19th of June, 2023, the 30th of Sivan 5783. It is, in fact, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. So wishing, wishing everyone out there a wonderful and joyous Rosh Chodesh. As I come to you this week from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people, and the state of Israel just outside the walls of the old city. And um, I lost my voice over the weekend. So I haven't really been able to talk Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Here we are on Monday. So I'm going to do the best I can to give you the latest news from Israel. I apologize in advance if I am not completely clear with my words or if I stumble on some words or if I'm coughing or whatnot. I'll try to use the cough button here. But hopefully we will get through this program, another edition of Israel Uncensored. Don't forget, you can get in touch with me during the week, josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of your social media outlets of choice. Right now, as I am broadcasting here in Jerusalem, there is a uh, firefight taking place between IDF soldiers and terrorists in the town of Jenin. Uh, Israel National News reports that this morning, Israeli security forces entered the town of Jenin in order to make arrests. Clashes broke out between IDF soldiers and terrorists. From what I understand, as of now, three terrorists have been killed. Another another 30 approximately or so bad guys injured. Uh, during the mission, the IDF used a combat helicopter when I understand, not for offensive purposes, but in order to extract some of the soldiers, there are reports, uh, please God, only light injuries as one of the vehicles, um, apparently an armored, an IDF armored vehicle apparently ran over an explosive device or a bomb, if you will, as the soldiers were ex- exiting Janine. So again, a firefight still going on at this hour and... And please, God, the injuries of the soldiers, the idea of soldiers are only light. That is the report I got, but nothing has been confirmed other than the fact that there were soldiers injured. Let's hope for the best there in Janine. I was actually going to start the program today with other news. And you're probably going to want to ask what this has to do with Israel. But let's just talk about the fact, and we'll get to the Israel angle, let's talk about the fact that there are other conflicts going on in the world which do not get the attention they deserve. There are atrocities being committed, there's murder, there's terrorism, violence, in places all over the world, but when it's Africans murdering Africans or Muslims killing other Muslims, it doesn't make front page headlines. Let's get, you know what, let's get to the bottom line right now. Really, it's if Israel isn't involved, then it's not on the front page. The obsession with Israel is so just all-encompassing for some of these people, for some of the haters. You just go on Twitter and you can see for yourselves how people are obsessed with the one and only Jewish state. These anti-Semites who spread libels against the Jewish state day in and day out. And here's what I'm talking about. Number one, headline from yesterday in the Jerusalem Post, terrorists murder 37 in an attack on a school in Uganda, 37 people, including children, murdered in a school carried out by some ISIS, Islamic State 
affiliated terror organization. 37 dead. I checked the Amnesty International Twitter feed yesterday on Sunday. Nothing. Zero on the 37. Maybe they've updated it since. But nothing on the 37 murdered on Saturday. They, they did have a post on Israel, though, accusing Israel of carrying out who knows what in Gaza. That they had a post on Amnesty. These phony, baloney, so-called phony human rights organizations, fake human rights organizations. And then I came upon another article in the Jerusalem Post. 17 die in airstrikes on the Sudanese capital. Airstrikes reported here by Reuters. Airstrikes killed civilians and pummeled multiple parts of the Sudanese capital of Khartoum on Saturday, residents said, as mediators pushed the warring factions toward a new ceasefire. So there's fighting going on between the Sudanese army and another paramilitary force, which has been going on now for three months, by the way. 17 dead, including civilians. Where is the emergency UN Security Council uh, session? Why aren't the heads of state around the world condemning it? Why is it on the front page of the New York Times or any other of the phony, fake news publications, mainstream news outlets in the U.S. and all over the world? Nobody cares about this stuff. Nobody cares 17 dead, including civilians in Sudan. Because you have warring factions there. Africans murdering or killing Africans. And Uganda, the same thing. You have Muslims killing, I don't know if they're non-Muslims or others in Africa. Who cares about Africa, right? Nobody cares. The so-called liberals, they don't care about Africa. Israel actually cares about Africa. Israel actually sends teams of volunteers over there to treat water and make the water drinkable in so many different places throughout Africa. Israel cares about Africa. And what do we get? We get hate and for places like South Africa often accusing Israel of being an apartheid state. But nobody cares about all these people dying. They only care when Jews build pergolas. And we'll get to that story in a minute. Jews building in places called Judea and Samaria. Jews come from Judea. It's the most natural thing in the world. But that is what the, the world is obsessed about. A good news here, switching gears to Israel directly here, and we'll get back to the other stuff, the Jewish press reporting, and I actually wrote an article about this in JNS News yesterday. The Supreme Planning Council of the Civil Administration approved over 4,500 new units for Judea and Samaria. And that is great news. Another 10,000 units were approved in the previous meeting. Amazing news out of Judea and Samaria. So you're talking about almost 15,000 new homes approved. In places like Malaya Dumim, Eli, Revava, Elkanah, I could go, go on and on. Go to Betzal Smotrich, Minister Smotrich's Twitter feed. You can see all the different places where building will take place. At the same time, Israel's cabinet yesterday decided to get rid of a bureaucratic process which has been in place since 1996. And we're talking about the way Construction permits are issued in Judea and Samaria. It used to be a whole process where it needed, I don't know, five or six steps. And even after the higher planning committee approved the process, it still needed the sign-off on the defense minister. And oftentimes the prime minister or the, or the defense minister got in the way of building approvals because they were not happy what the United States State Department or the European Union was going to say about building in Judea and Samaria. 
Well, that's all gone. Under the new system, from what I understand, and it's complicated, it's a, still a bureaucracy, but Betzal Smotrich, Minister Smotrich, who is a minister within the defense ministry and has control to some degree, to a great degree, over the civil administration, from now on, he can approve housing via the Higher Planning Council. He can sign off of it on it without having to go to go through the defense minister, without having all these other intermediate steps of approvals. He gets an, an initial approval and a final approval. This is a huge change over 30 years in the making, approximately. And this will ease the red tape. It will restrict the bureaucracy and it will make the ability to get housing approvals in Judea and Samaria that much more easy or easier, I should say. And this is huge news. Again, I wrote about it. Go to JNS.org. You can check it out. But it was reported all over the place. Israel National News, just to, just to explain, it says the decision today greatly reduces the amount of time it takes for a construction project to move from announcement to construction in Judea and Samaria. Under the new regulations, the approval process will, will be reduced to just two stages from the current six. Great news, right? Well, not according to the United States Biden administration on Sunday. Usually they don't work on Sunday. The embassy here in Israel doesn't work on Sunday. But yesterday, the State Department, they got off their lawn chairs, got away from the pool or the beach, where they, wherever they were hanging out there on the East Coast in the U.S. The U.S. on Sunday criticized Israel decision, Israel's decision to advance 4,500 housing units. We are similar, similarly concerned by reports of changes to Israel's system of settlement administration. That's what they call it. This is Matthew Miller. State Department spokesperson. He got off the beach, went inside, got on the microphone, and said how upset the U.S. administration was on both the approvals of homes and also on the easing of the bureaucratic mess. And that's all they care about. That's all they have on their minds. They're not talking about Sudan. They didn't get off the beach for Sudan or for Uganda. They got off the beach for building Jewish pergolas and nursery schools and homes in Judea and Samaria. That is the way of the world right now. That is the, the situation with our best friends in the United States. And again, the American people are certainly the best friends of the Israeli people. There's no doubt about it. Let's wait and see. Today is Monday. Let's see if they open their mouths on Sudan or Uganda. Don't hold your breath, folks. Don't hold your breath to see if they get to the fact that civilians, uh, school children are being butchered by ISIS in these places, yet they're focused on Israel, on Judea, on Samaria. The obsession continues. Moving on. Knesset member Danny Danon, former uh, ambassador, uh, Israeli ambassador to the UN, he spoke in Morocco this week, calling on parliaments worldwide to adopt the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance or the IHRA's working definition of anti-Semitism. This reported by JNS News. The ambassador, former ambassador, spoke at the Parliamentary Conference on Interfaith Dialogue in Marrakesh. And during his speech, um, the Iranian delegation walked out of the room. Of course they did. Danon said, you talk about religious tolerance, but in practice you only promote hatred and terrorism. 
Donan said of the Iranian officials, Iranian people deserve better leadership. This interparliamentary union has 179 members, uh, including 179 legislatures who are members, including the Knesset. And of course, the IHRA is a intergovernmental organization based in Berlin that seeks to strengthen Holocaust education. It released the widely adopted non-binding working definition of anti-Semitism in 2016. Just examples here. Denying the Jewish people their right to self-determination by claiming that the state of Israel is a racist endeavor or applying double standards by requiring Israel a behavior not expected or demanded of any other democratic nation. Those are some of the definitions what makes something considered to be anti-Semitism. And I stand by those definitions. And that is why all those haters on Twitter who go around saying that, no, they're not uh, anti-Jews. My best friends are Jews. Have you heard that before? We're only anti-Zionists. No, in fact, they are anti-Semites, holding Israel to a double standard. I don't care if you're Jewish or you're Christian or you're Muslim or you claim to be pro-Israel or whoever you are. Or you're, no, I'm just anti-the so-called settlements, right? Whatever it is, you hold Israel to a different standard. Okay, whether you like Israeli policy or not, if you hold Israel to a different standard, that's anti-Semitism. And the definition there, IHRA, confirms that. And that is the standard that all organizations should be basing their definition on. But people don't want to accept that. They call out that definition all the time. And these are the same people who say that they're just anti-Zionist but not anti-Semitic. And that is just a crock. Moving on here. As my voice, as you can hear, my voice is giving out on me. We're going to try to do it, folks. Uh, the Jewish press reports that they, there is a new so-called Palestinian, I don't use that word, a new terror group based in Syria with ties to Iran and Hezbollah preparing for a new set, series of attacks against Israel. This is actually Tatspit Press Service reporting via the Jewish press. A group calling themselves the Galilean Wolves says that they are going to attack Israel. They take credit for a roadside bombing at the Megiddo Junction in northern Israel, which which in, injured an Israeli Arab motorist a couple months ago. The, uh, the guy who planted the bomb, the terrorist, was killed by Israeli soldiers while heading back to the Lebanese border. So, um, you know, these terror groups, whether in Israel or surrounding Israel, Imagine if a group like this would take over the highlands of Judea and Samaria. Just another reason why Judea and Samaria must remain under Israeli control. Imagine if Hamas took over. Imagine if the, if the PA took over. Imagine if ISIS took over. Imagine if this Galilean wolves group took over. Imagine what life would be like for those down in the valley below where 75% of the Israeli population center lives. I'm talking about the greater Tel Aviv area. The area from Gadara to, in the south to Hadera in the north. Imagine if a terror group had the highlands overlooking those population centers, including Israel's international airport, Ben Gurion Airport. Imagine if they were up there. Another reason why we have to hold on to all of Yudava Shamron, Judea and Samaria. Two positive news stories here. Number one, Israel National News says that Intel, the global tech giant, will invest a new factory in Israel in the town of Kiryagat, a $25 billion investment. By the way, Intel already has a factory there. It looks like they want another one. 
They're building a second factory in Intel. Great news. Amazing news. Here in Israel, companies investing in the Jewish state. The plant should be opened by uh, 2027, according to this report. And this is going to be great. Uh, uh, employment boost for Kiryat Gat and the people of southern Israel. So thank you to Intel. Thousands of jobs. Thousands of additional workers from the Kiryat Gat area and all over the country, but mainly from southern Israel, from Kiryat Gat. Great news. And here, our weekly anti-BDS report or calling out the BDS and the hypocrisy. Uh, if you are an anti-Israel BDS hater, do not stay at the Beverly Hilton or the Waldorf, Waldorf Story Hotel in Beverly Hills because they are using uh, or utilizing Israeli technology, green technology. These two luxury hotels are cutting down on fossil fuels and reducing carbon emissions using an Israeli technology based on ice. Israeli startup Nostromo, Nostromo Energy has a solution that stores energy in modular ice capsules installed on the roof, walls, or basement of commercial and industrial buildings, then directs it to cool down commercial spaces, a procedure that usually accounts for up to 45% of global, global power demand during peak hours. This system uses power from the grid at times when renewable energy levels are high to freeze water into ice, then using that ice in the late afternoon and evening when power demand reaches its highest levels to provide energy for cooling instead of using fossil-based energy from the grid. Again, this reported by Israel 21C. Israeli technology being used in Beverly Hills hotels in order to decrease energy usage from the grid, reduce the emission of fossil fuels, car carbon emissions, is an, is an Israeli-based green technology. So, Beverly Hilton, Waldorf Astoria, Beverly Hills, if you are a BDS supporter, if you're an Israel hater, if you can't stand the state of Israel, you think we're a terrible place, don't use these hotels because then you would be a hypocrite. Stay away from Beverly Hills. Go rent yourself a shack outside of Beverly Hills, but don't stay in Beverly Hills. I wouldn't be surprised if all the, Isra of all the Beverly Hills hotels started to use Israeli technology similar, similar to this, and one day all the hotels and all the restaurants and all the everything in California and throughout the U.S. and throughout the world will start using this to save money and energy and cut down on carbon emissions. So BDS haters, don't stay in these hotels. And that's going to do for today, folks. I am hanging hanging by a thread, as they say, my voice is. I want to thank Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Ben Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Trying to give you the news as it is and as I see it here in Israel each and every week, every Monday on the Land of Israel Network. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those are the places you can find me. I uh, want to wish everyone again a Rosh Chodesh Sameach, a happy Jewish new month, the new month of Tammuz. Today is Rosh Chodesh, as is tomorrow, Tuesday, Rosh Chodesh. Um, and just good things, only health and happiness for all of you out there. Coming to you from Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city of our eternal capital, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. 
Have a great week, everyone. Hopefully my voice will be better, please God, by next Monday. All the best to you out there. Shalom, shalom from Jerusalem. Have a great week. Enhance your faith. Deepen your understanding. Align your destiny with the Land of Israel. Subscribe to the Land of Israel Fellowship, an exclusive virtual seminar led by Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramowitz with live weekly interactive sessions and ongoing personal mentorship. Subscribe and join this global awakening at thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship. Bringing the Torah from Judea to the world.